Welcome to the Theology of the Buddy, a podcast for Catholics who love the beauty of the Church's sacred tradition. My name is Brooke. If you're looking to grow in the faith in new ways, looking to connect with other faithful Catholics, or you're simply looking for other Catholic voices who are willing to speak the truth without compromise and to like to have fun in the process, you've come to the right place. We're not experts, but we have learned a lot over the 15 plus years we've been friends in the faith, and we want to share that with you. So if you haven't yet, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you are listening, and don't forget to drop by TheologyOfTheBuddy.com for all of our show notes and past episodes. Welcome to episode 101, guys. How was your summer, Tim? What summer? Oh, man, busy. Uh, scuba diving, uh, moved, I went to Pacific Northwest for a while, and I worked way too much. Ain't that the truth? How was yours, Brooke? I don't remember a lot of it. I went camping with the kids, though, with my mom. They really enjoyed that. I know I know, I did other stuff, but like I worked on my comic and... Oh, goodness, How is I that didn't... coming? It's coming. I'm going to finish chapter the first, one. <laughs> the first few pages that I saw were straight fire. Thank you. I, well, I think it, mm-hmm. it's taken me a lot longer than I wanted it to, but I kind of hit a wall and I was just mentally exhausted. And it is like... It's a lot of work. You can see why there's teams of people that work on comics. But it's like, if you're only able to put like an hour or two into it every day between the kids, it's just, it's a lot. (laughs) So, you know, I'm going to persevere and I figure, you know what, it might take me several years, but that's okay. It's looking great though. It's coming. My summer was amazing, Brooke, as you can probably guess, because it was summer, the objectively best season. Not true. And it's always good. Mm-mm. When the Correct. weather is great, Absolutely. everyone's happy, getting enough sunlight, and uh, not being depressed by the apocalyptic weather outside. I made Mike a pumpkin spice latte the other day. He's just mad because he really liked it. It was pretty Have good. you been outside? It was great today. Says it was great Mr. today. Says Mr. We only Alabama. had like 16 weeks of 500 degree temperatures. <laughs> In Canada, summer is the best season because some certain individuals say, it's too hot. I mean, if you were up here in the middle of summer, Tim, you would say it was cool every day. We're not surpassing 100 degrees, at least not more than like one day. <laughs> you know, like it would be a freak day if we did. Yes. It's look of anticipation on your face. And I'm like, oh, he's about to lay something down. He leans well, into the mic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there was nothing more to add. No. I just told you the truth. Well, That's all there is. It's also been kind of rainy this summer, too. So we haven't had a great summer, quote unquote. And Brooke's over here crying like, oh, it's too much sun. Too much sun. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I don't I don't understand. The yellow one is the sun. Okay. I am made made for the fall. Like, it is just my season. Lindsay, Lindsay Murray, I'm looking at you, Modern Lady Podcast. You you are with me 100%. She has mental illness, and so do you. That's besides I stand the by point. It. And she knows. She knows my feelings about her craziness. She knows them. I have shared it with her in private conversation. Yeah. It, she knows. She knows. I stand by. Mental illness is a real problem. Get help. She's made so much progress, but she still likes fall. <laughs> I think this is just a woman thing. Why do women like fall? Because we like to be cozy. 
we want to be cozy and have warm drinks and like look at the the stars from our house and stay home. Okay, I have a re- I have a Bus theological bugs. reason why women like fall. Okay, lay it down. It's because they're responsible. The for garden. It. <laughs> You're a piece of work, Chris. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Oh, I forgot one thing that happened this summer: the birthday parties. There were so so many oh, yeah. birthdays in August. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we had the parties for the kids, and it was great. Evie turned eight, and Vincent turned five. Chris had an existential crisis because Evie's going into grade three. I turned a hundred and five. You don't look a day over a hundred and six. Yep. And Brooke, you also, you had a sleepover at the Pinninger house I did. and watched the kids for a night, which was amazing. Two yep. days. Yeah. Which I'm still grateful for. Thank you. For <laughs> and I'll do it again <laughs> in October. Please bring in Princess Bride with her. No, they, I can't watch that movie anymore. You gotta get, no. Uh, well, okay. There's a story. You gotta get uh, Vid Angel. Yeah. The little cut boy the, totally blasphemes in it. Have. That's right. You're, oh, yeah. I'm just like, bro, you're like 12. Where are you learning that from? Savage. They slip the degeneracy in everywhere. And they're things that we just didn't notice as a kid. Degeneracy. Yes, indeed. Seeing the three of you together on the screen is nice, but you know what's going to be even nicer? When you guys are all together in Alabama. Mm -hmm. She's saying it's going to be even nicer when all three of us are thousands of miles away. (laughs) And she can see us on the screen then, too. <laughs> it's nice seeing if she's two of you on a screen and one of you right beside me. But if you were all three far away, <laughs> that would be even better. No, 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 no. Here's what I want. I want to see all three of you guys, like, lined up at Bucky's, like, against a wall where there's, like, all kinds of stuff. And you're like, which ones do you want? Which, which like, beef jerkies do you want? Or... The special, special snack. Well, there's a whole wall of beef jerky. That's what no. I know. I'm here for it. Yeah. I've watched like videos where it's just like people just going into Bucky's and buying stuff. And I'm just like, why am I not there? Why? Because you don't leave the house. Yeah. It's too hot. And, and like not far? even a fall though. You said that you want to stay home and wear pumpkin spice Uggs and. I want to wear pumpkin spice Uggs. <laughs> That's what it was that you said. I don't know. <laughs> I was busy thinking about how women are responsible for the fall. <laughs> Does Bucky's even come anywhere close to Canada? Like, it's not even in the northern states, is it? Yes, uh, not yet. It's slowly spreading Ohio. out, though. Ohio? Is it in Ohio? Oh, okay. That would be was it you? Was it, was it our good friend Nicholas Job over at Our Lady's Armory, Armory that was saying there one in Ohio? Uh, that's going to be a Nicholas Job thing. I'm not too familiar with Ohio as more than anything than being a cornfield. No. <laughs> that's Illinois. Or that's Indiana. Also a cornfield. It's just the same cornfield. There's just a fence <laughs> down the middle. There's just more hills. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, driving through Ohio when I was a kid was the absolute most difficult thing. And this is having driven through Texas as a kid. Yeah, you know, we get to Ohio and it's like you start banging out states really quick. It's like you go through Tennessee, you go through Kentucky, and those both of those are very, very skinny states. And you get to Ohio and you're in Cincinnati and you're like, okay, cool, we're almost to Michigan. And it takes eight hours of driving to a cornfield and then finally you see a mosque and you know okay cool we're almost to toledo which means we're almost to michigan and it's still like another hour (laughs) oh man (laughs) listen have you ever driven on ontario you can drive through (laughs) ontario for three days and still be in ontario (laughs) okay and it's the same thing your states are ridiculous (laughs) provinces Provinces. when we drove from london area all the way out east, you can't tell what province you're in until you hit Quebec. 
And then you're in there there for a little bit and you only know because of the French signage. But then after that, it's just all the same. Like I look at pictures. I'm like, I can't tell where that is. It's just all fir trees and stuff. Yeah. So we had a fun little game that Tim came up with, like, I don't know, last year or early this year or something of superhero rejects. Like January. Yeah. I just, oh my goodness. I found it and I was like, yep, we're doing that. Cause well, why not? So we're going to pretend there's like a big battle royale going on and Chris is going to be the one that determines who would be the winner. How do you feel about that, Chris? Too much pressure? I think I can handle Okay. Now I have a few contestants, but I think we need to let Tim go first and then Mike and then me. Well, well, how about this? You have three. I have two. Mike has one. Why don't we just go back and forth with like you doing every other one? Okay. I'll do one, then you can do one, then Mike can do one, you can do one, I'll do one, and then you can finish up. Sure. Okay. 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 Go ahead, Tim. Okay, so my first superhero reject is Home Slice, a crime-fighting pizza delivery boy. Pizza may be his first love, but he will use his rising crust to forestall a rising crime. (laughs) No, it's terrible. (laughs) I like that. I'm writing these down as you you share them. They're so stupid. Okay, so I have Captain Spork. He's there, but he isn't quite as, effic- as efficient as the Silver Spoon or Fork Man. He's <laughs> dogging that first one there. Does he have the power to control tines? His hands are sporks. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for giving us the scoop on that one. Ooh. So here's my one and only dumb superhero idea, and it's really dumb. And I kind of got the idea from... The books that Evie is reading, which have really dumb superpowers in them that are basically based on like misunderstanding words. So is this the li- the evil librarian book? It is Alcatraz and the Evil Librarian. Oh, yes. Yep. I was just thinking, what if series. it was like a version of me who always forgets everything, but then you turn it into a superpower? So like you get shot in the head, and I'm just like, oops, I forgot to bleed. <laughs> he can't be beaten because he just forgets to die (laughs) they call him corrupted memory (laughs) (laughs) blame boy he dealt it you smelt it but he will never admit it his face says it all he's a villain wow Mm. (laughs) okay Oh, man. My other one is the procrastinator. Rarely helpful, but surprisingly hard to kill. He'll even be late to his own funeral. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So this one is my favorite one. And this one I think is the best one that I made up because they're all pretty horrible. Okay. So his name is Distracto and he yells obscenely loud. And if you look away, he just gets louder. (laughs) And he'll just keep getting louder unless you watch him do, like, some really boring trick. This is also based on our kids, I take it. <laughs> I'm like, that's Evie. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Just, mom! 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 He'll just I need keep, to show you this! And he'll just keep yelling. <laughs> so just to go over the choices, we have Home Slice, Captain Spork. I'm not sure what the third one was, like Captain Forgetful or Corrupted Memory. What was his name? We'll go with Corrupted Memory. That's a good name. Corrupted Memory. Okay. Blame Boy, The Procrastinator, and Distracto. 
Which ones are going on your superhero B team? I have to be honest. I think, I think my favorite one was, I think, I think I'm going to have to go with Captain Forgetful or Corrupted Memory. Corrupted Memory. I think it's number one. And I think Home Slice gets two. Nice. And the third, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I would almost put it as, it's like a tie between Blame Boy and Procrastinator. Both equally terrible. Yeah. <laughs> They're all terrible. Those were all pretty bad. <laughs> cool. Fun game. Thanks, guys. Brooke decided that it would be a great idea to start diving into some Carmelite topics. I don't know why, but uh, it was a delight to see that this was the topic right out the gate, going on a high note for uh, <laughs> season six for the podcast. So what are we talking about? Carmel delight. We are talking about detachment. <laughs> wow. A very yeah. light, uncomplicated topic. Very easy. I don't want us to get... T- too deep into it oh you 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 brought up the topic you gotta go deep you've got a carmelite on the podcast yeah i just i felt called i was just like i'm trying to think and i'm trying to think and i'm just like i felt just this desire for us to talk about detachment it's also come up what were you doing when you came up this idea i've actually been thinking about it a lot like this summer Mm -hmm. and it came up actually like around the campfire while i was with my family were you were you eating caramel delights no i wish i was though (laughs) Were you eating caramel chicken? No, licorice, jujubes, jupes, gummy bears. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyway, so the way that we were talking about it was like, you know, everybody was saying that they're trying to get rid of stuff, but they were having a hard time getting rid of some of the things that they had for whatever reason. And I'm really into learning about minimalism and stuff like that, because when I was younger, I was a big collector of things. I collected anime figurines and manga and comic books and DVDs. And I spent like so much money on all of those things. But now that I'm you know, a 30 year old woman with two kids. It's like those things never really added value to my life. Like the things that really have added value to my life are my kids and my family and the relationships I have with, you know, my family members and my friends. And so, yeah, as I'm getting older, I'm just realizing how temporal things are. And I've become a lot better at, you know, if something breaks or I lose something, it's like, I wasn't going to be able to take it with me anyway. You know what I mean? I can't take this microphone that has kind of a busted wire with me to heaven. Just don't worry about it. Yeah, we were all joking around about how Brooke suggested the topic of attachment and then her microphone was acting up <laughs> and it was yeah. like a lesson in detachment. Well, and another thing yeah. that happened like a couple years ago, like when I was more mentally unstable, I remember my phone just randomly broke and there was no rhyme or reason for it. And I was so upset because the phone wasn't that old and it just like, I don't know, I had it in my pocket and like the screen snapped or something. And I was just so upset about needing to get a new phone and spending the money and blah, you blah, blah. You just flexed your leg muscles too hard. I did. Broke. I did. It was yeah. insane. And uh, yeah, I was just so, so grumpy about this phone. But it's like even money is temporal, right? Like I was just being so frugal and I didn't want to just admit, oh, something bad happened and I need to fix it or whatever. Yeah, detachment is an is an interesting thing, right? Because it, mm-hmm. there can almost be. I, I I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about Marie Kondo and and how she, you know, she's like the queen of you know Deep minimalism cleaning, and yeah. like, you know yeah. does this does this give you joy or does this not give you joy or whatever her spiel is, right? Mm-hmm. But like supposedly she gave it all up. 
Like After she's kids, since, yeah. yeah. Well, she she um, toned it down a bit, which makes sense because kids. She yeah. actually was too attached to minimalism. Yeah. Exactly. And being too exactly. attached to spending time in the wrong way too, right? Like you can be attached to wasting time. But for her, it was like, I'm spending too much time trying to declutter and I'm not spending enough time with my kids or I'm trying to spend too much time keeping things tidy and I'm not spending the time that I need to with my family or whatever. So she was like figuring out what matters more and investing the time there. Yeah. So St. Teresa of Jesus talks Who's at that? length on detachment. And and she she praises it so highly, like it's it's almost considered a Carmelite virtue. And she says that uh, in way of perfection, she says that for detachment, if it is practiced with perfection, includes everything. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think we would see that she's not saying that detachment is like the only virtue that you need to have or anything like that. But you know, obviously, charity is is the number one. <laughs> but if we have that spirit of detachment that we can essentially encounter life and all of its difficulties and crosses and all of that and remain grounded you know it's mm-hmm. it's not going to like you said Brooke you know like when your phone broke and you got grumpy i deal with that kind of stuff all the time and i find myself getting grumpy all the time when i lose something like I, oh i can't find my wallet i can't find my my phone where's my keys da, da, da. and then i'm you know julie where's my phone you know <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah it's one of those things where if practiced properly it does actually ground us and helps us remain essentially like i heard um someone talking about meekness it was a oh yeah it was father john yeah his homily. He was talking yeah. about how meekness allows us to remain ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think meekness, humility, detachment are all kind of related to one another because it does keep our, our feet on the ground. So, like, it sounds like the way that Father John was kind of coming at it is it's a method for prioritization. What truly matters, you yeah. know? And my buddy David, he's got like, I think he's got five or seven kids, but fantastic family. And one of the things that he told me one time early on, I think he only had like one or two kids at this point, was that if you have toddlers in the house and your house is clean, your priorities are just absolutely upside down. And, you know, it's, I know that uh, people are very, very attached to having the type of house that looks like it fell out of a magazine. But if your priorities are that far upside down, what parts of your life are suffering to bring you that? Yeah, it's like there's different ways that you can, like, that's one way that you can fall apart with this. Another another way that I tend to do is if something starts to break, I'm so quick to replace it. Mm. You know, it's kind of like kind of like what you're talking about with the phone where, you know, it's like, you know, when I got my microphone, the microphone cord wasn't great. So I was like, I immediately got on Amazon. I was like, I need to get this this cord here as fast as I possibly can. I've got to replace it. It's not, you know, what I need to get the job done. And it probably was what I needed to get the job done. You know, I could have done with I could have made do with the cord. But, you know, clothes or, you know, what have you now, then you end up with just piles of stuff where a lot of it's repeat and it's not even attachment to some of the things themselves, but it's just attachment to the idea of everything must work. Everything must function appropriately at all times so that I can make it through Mm -hmm. X, Y, or Z in the day. You know, I do it at work. 
you know, I've got my little, I've got my book bag that's just filled with stuff. I've got extra equipment that I might need. If it breaks, it's going to make my day harder. So I've got a couple extra of this, that, and the other. I, you know, I have an extra stethoscope in case something happens to my first stethoscope, you know, all the, even though there's stethoscopes on the truck, you know, I've got, you know, my, you know, I've got a couple of books that I can look in for, okay, what's the formula for this medication? Even though I can just, you know, hop online and look it up. It's like, how much stuff do you need? And I'm carrying around an entire book bag full of stuff Mm -hmm. that I can't tell you a single thing that I would take out of it right now, but I can tell you that all of it is repeat. Having too much stuff or too much attachment to stuff actually does make you unhappy. There have been studies on this. Like statistically, if you if you look at everything in your home, the likelihood of you using 60 to 70% of the items in your home daily is absolutely minimal. Like usually you're only using the same few items every day and everything else is like every now and again. And you also have to manage every single item that you have. Either it's going to be mental a mental load that you have to carry. Like, like for example, I have a lot of kids' clothes, and I reduced it by 50% because I was overwhelmed every single time I went to the laundry room because I had like, oh, I don't know. I'm, I must have had 12 to 15 totes of kids' clothes, like one bin for girl stuff and one bin for boy stuff for like each age. And I just thought, like, this is not serving me. It's not serving anybody, like right now. I had to like allow myself to let go of some of those things so that somebody else could use them because it was just becoming a burden for me and I was too attached to having them just in case. If I can add to that too, like by, you know, having, having too much stuff can also become a burden on others. Yeah. You know, like my mom, God rest her soul had, and my grandparents had so much stuff. Mm-hmm. so much stuff and i think the fact that like when they passed away it just that stuff just got passed to the next guy yeah to deal with you know and when you're you know you're dealing with your own stuff now you're dealing with somebody else's stuff or now you know like so mm-hmm. when my grandparents died all the stuff went to mom my mom didn't deal with it then my mom died so now i've got like my grandparents stuff and my mom's stuff that like now i'm just getting slowly able to work through mm-hmm. you know but like we're jettisoning so much and that's so you know, hard too but it takes it takes forever yeah. and and it you know it does become a burden on others too right because you never know when death's going to come knocking yeah and who's going to have to deal with with the aftermath yeah and that's a hard thing too especially after the loved ones passed on and they have a lot of stuff. I can't speak from experience because that hasn't happened to me yet. But it's like, my parents are getting older. Stuff could happen at any time for any of us. Let's just say there's some people in my family that hold on to a lot of stuff. And you know, you're the one that's going to have to deal with all that stuff. And it's not, it's not so small amounts, it's overwhelming amounts. And it's like, you know, you're going to be grieving when that person passes on. But now you're also going to be, that grief is also going to be extended because you're going to be dealing with all that stuff. So I found this really interesting, beautiful quote by St. John of the Cross, and I've been thinking about it all day long. And this is coming from um, Ascent of Mount Carmel, book one by St. John of the Cross. As long as this attachment remains, it is impossible to make progress in perfection, even though the imperfect be very small. It makes Little difference whether a bird is tied by a thin thread or by a cord. 
Even if it is tied by a thread, the bird will be held bound. It will be impeded from flying as long as it does not break the thread. So basically, it's like, it doesn't matter whether, whether that, that bird is held by a, by a string or a chain. As long as it's bound, it's still not going to be able to reach into the sky. So it's like, whether our attachments be small or big, doesn't matter. We need to have no attachments if we want to actually be free, because God needs, we should be reaching forward, reaching up to God, right? And it's only without attachment can we actually do that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. So this comes from a book called The Way of Prayer. Um, it's by Father Gabriel of St. Mary Magdalene. Um, Father John, actually, our priest, quoted him on Sunday, which was kind of a cool shout out. Anyway, so St. Teresa of Jesus or St. Teresa of Ava shares uh, a few tips uh, with regards to detachment. So she says that the first thing to bear in mind is is continually how all is vanity and how quickly everything comes to an end. So you kind of touched on that before. The second means the saint indicated is to turn to God when we find ourselves paying too much attention to something that interests us. So it says, actually, the frustration we experience when we find that things do not succeed as we wish indicates our attachment to them. Quote, the soul will be most careful in very little things. When we begin to become attached to something, we should strive to turn our thoughts from it and bring them back to God. And his majesty helps. End quote. She says, regarding things that depend on circumstances not in our power, we are encouraged by Teresa to have an attitude of abandonment. Quote, my God, think of us. I wish to think of you. This is practically what St. Teresa says to us. We want ourselves and everything we have to be his. When we find ourselves too preoccupied with something, we should repeat that we wish his, not our plan, to be carried out. He will help us to reach union with him and to reach it as quickly as possible. And to facilitate self-denial, the saint suggested a third means humility. She gave only a few hints on it at this point. She says, in finding these virtues, humility and mortification, you will find the manna. All things will taste good to you. However bad a thing may taste to those who are in the world, you will find it sweet. So yeah, once once you grow in that virtue of detachment, humility, mortification, like she says, those things that the phone breaking, the person that cuts you off in traffic, the freaking drain pump that just died upstairs on our washing machine, all these things will become sweet to us because they're an opportunity for us to love God and to accept his will over ours. Yeah, I'm just thinking like, it's easy with attachment to think about things, but there's a lot of things to be attached to that aren't physical things. I always think like things we spend time on, like our interests and hobbies and stuff like that. I find that's a thing that I'm always finding myself way too deep into, getting obsessive about like, I don't know, so various geeky hobbies and uh, consuming way too much time with them. Yeah, and uh, other things too, just like whatever I happen to be thinking about or want to do when the kids come interrupt me, that's attachment too, right? That's why I'm getting impatient whenever the kids come over and are like, dad, 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 you have to look at this right now. You have to drop what you're doing and come see it. And, uh, you know, the wave of frustration comes through me. I'm just like, no, like, why not just wait? Yeah, just wait. <laughs> 
<laughs> which to some extent, yeah, as a parent, you, you have to teach them to be polite and wait, but also the overabundance of anger when something like that happens, right? It's just, that is very unhealthy. <laughs> and that's, that's the fruit of attachment in my life. And I'm sure <laughs> many people, but that's that, that warning bell, right? Like when you notice that, that emotion come up in you and you're like, Oh, Oh, okay. I'm getting pissed at this. Like that's an indicator that I have an over attachment in this area. Yeah. At the end of the day, right. It's, it's about our will. You know, it could be, I want my life. I've always wanted my life to look a certain way and it's not going that way. And why am I getting mad that it's not going that way? Or, or just as simple as there's something that I wanted at the grocery store that's not available. And now I'm ticked that I can't make the dish that I had had planned for this week. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I was watching a little clip with Father Ripperger, you know, as one does. And he was saying how if you focus all of your love and all of your energy and all of your focus, like on God, and you detach from everything else, his example was when you do that and you make God number one, the relationship you'll have with your spouse will be transformed because you'll be loving your spouse for the love of God versus loving your spouse to gratify yourself or just to make your spouse happy. The priority needs to be making God happy with how you love your spouse. And when you do that, that relationship changes. And I think that ap applies to all of our relationships and, and whatnot. If we love God as much as we can, we'll also be able to love our children in the appropriate way because we'll be loving God by loving our children. But it's always looking to God and almost, yeah, like seeing our children, but reaching for God. Uh, I was going to say, you know, when he was going through kind of that list of like, oh, you know, I'm trying to do this activity or I'm trying to do this project and the kids are coming up or, you know, all these things are going on, but, these other things need to happen. It's like, why am I giving this one thing that I'm attached to the priority in this moment? Why is my break from, you know, whatever I'm doing where I'm taking a few minutes and banging out uh, some Skyrim or something like that, taking the priority over, you know, when Jack comes in the room and wants to show me whatever it is he wants to show me, you know, and, you know, that's not to say that, you know, we don't need, moments of respite and not say that, you know, they don't need to learn to wait appropriately, but yeah, I, yeah. I, well, it's hard, priorities. Man. it is because I'm stuck in Skyrim <laughs> <laughs> being there. <laughs> and this is the first time in forever. I've had any time to play, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, no, it's, yeah, I, I guess I guess in this conversation, that's kind of where I'm feeling the conviction is the disordered priorities overall, because, you know, it's like moving. It's like, wow, I've got a lot of stuff. OK, let me find a way to go ahead and get rid of some of the stuff. And, you know, some of it has a little bit of a bite to it, but most of it's like, uh, OK, I don't need four hockey jerseys. I go to hockey games once or twice a year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, we don't play much hockey down here. Yeah, sixty plus percent of everything that I moved this time was books. It's like, do I really need that many books? I'm like, yeah, but what am I going to get rid of? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. unfortunately, a lot of them. I mean, a good number of them are just like specialized books for very different purposes. Okay, yeah, I do need those. 
okay, is it taking something away from the rest of my life? Uh, maybe not. So sorry, guys. I'm just kind of thinking out loud no, here on this, but on, on this, but no, no, it's it, the thing is like, it's that interior disposition, right? Mm-hmm. Whether you have a ton of stuff or you have very little, that doesn't mean that is not the indicator that you will live a life of detachment, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Indicator is the interior disposition that you have towards those things. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So it can be easy to judge others and say, okay, well, you've got way too much shit. But like at the end of the day, like we have no idea, kind of like that, you know, like the widow who put in the penny, you know, in her offering, right? She gave it all. And so it can be easy to to judge, but at the end of the day, we have to recognize it is an interior disposition that, that God is calling us to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know it's possible to be a king or an emperor and still become a saint, being the king of France and having massive possessions, you can still be detached from it all. Obviously, it's uh, it's harder. Our, our Lord does say in Scripture, it's it's harder for a rich man to go to heaven, right? Yeah, and but, I think uh, I think an implication there is it's hard for a rich man to get to heaven if he is not charitable with what he has. So if there's a rich man that that pinches every penny and a rich man that gives generously to those who need it. Those are two very different types of men. I think um, they could be the same man. Judicious <laughs> with your money and also generous is still possible in the same paradigm. Well, I mean, somebody that doesn't want to give versus somebody that does. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's a different you like an Ebenezer of, Scrooge. Kind different of. sense of pinching oh, pennies. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Scrooge yeah. McDuck, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Scrooge McDuck, yes. <laughs> Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> Another point from Father Gabriel to, to cap it off for you. Uh, with regards to total detachment, Father Gabriel says that detachment is not an end in itself, but a means ordained to our sanctification for the glory of God. You know, you could even become attached to detachment. You know, I got to get, I got to get rid of all my stuff. I got to do it. I got to get it done. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about God's will and being ordered to his will, not, mm-hmm. not to our own. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much. Hey, Trotty. <laughs> good topic be in Birmingham buddy <laughs> oh, yeah, well, the handsome I just threw up was I was just... <laughs> I'm pumped I'm so stoked we didn't even mention ah, it's it gonna before be so much that fun. we're actually going to meet Tim in person we didn't say that I thought we did I don't think so. Not what we were recording. I think we talked about the potential of it happening last season, but I don't think that there's definitely been solid plans made since then. But I mean, today we yes. didn't mention the fact that, yes. Brooke in- mentioned that we should get a picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess obliquely referenced. Yeah. yeah in I've- 10 days from today, we're going to be in Alabama. And we're going to be going to Furnace Fest. Which it's going to just be Mike and I making the trip. Yeah, we're going to go to Furnace Fest, and there's going to be a lot of bands that we used to listen to when we were uh, younger people uh, yep. and still listen to to this day. But uh, yeah, there a bunch of them are getting back together, like Haste the Day and uh, Plea for Purging and Extol. Yeah, I mean they're not really getting back together. I don't think they broke up officially or anything, but 
Well, um, their get back least, together was a few years ago. Anyway, yeah. not to split hairs uh-huh. about bands. <laughs> 90 Pound Wuss is going to be playing. Reliant K. Oh, it's going to be amazing. So You guys are going to um, have the best time ever. Yeah. yeah. And and like we always do, it's going to be like part pilgrimage, part punk rock. So we'll be doing our going to Latin masses along the way and visiting the Shrine of the Blessed Sacrament in Hansville and hanging out with uh, Mother Angelica's sisters and stuff like that. And it'll just be great. Make, be make sure you stop off and see Mother Angelica's grave as well. Yes. It is, it's accessible. So when you is go it, to... Is it on the grounds? It, it's on the grounds. Okay, so when you're walking up to the main to the main church, yeah, there is a little. Don't go in the main church. There's a little side gate over on the left side. You go in, and it's like a little courtyard, and there's a little statue of Saint Francis in there. You go in those doors, and there's a um, there's usually one of the uh, sisters in the novitiate is manning the desk. You can go downstairs into the crypt church. And down in downstairs in the crypt church is where Mother Angelica is, or at least her body. Mother Angelica, yeah. Mother Angelica is hopefully in heaven, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, so definitely make sure that you stop in and say some prayers down there. Big time, big time. Yeah, Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna spend some significant time at the shrine. Um, Mm -hmm. And anybody listening, make sure you do that too. (laughs) Yes. I'm pumped. Are you pumped, Tim? You pumped? I I am pumped. I'm I've been looking forward to this for a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're gonna. In go fact, to some of my you. friends have been telling about this. They didn't realize that we've never met. I was like, no, no. Like we got to know each other through COVID. That so everything was email and chat rooms and Zoom meetings and and, the, and podcast and so this is gonna be the first big face to face. I'm excited too. It's gonna be great. Can you tell by my phlegmatic voice how excited I am? <laughs> are you ready to yeah. rock? Kind of. <laughs> we, we are gonna. We're definitely gonna be getting legit Nashville chicken in Nashville. In Nashville, we're get Cincinnati chili just for our buddy Nicholas Job. It's Shout out to the guy who defected out of out of Ohio. What? Okay, so what is Cincinnati chili? Disgusting. Uh, Disgusting. If you tell me that they put ketchup on it, I'm going. It's like chili on top of spaghetti. Oh, Tim died. (laughs) We killed him. (laughs) On spaghetti. Chili on spaghetti. Okay, so is this and and so much cheese? Real chili? Like, is this real chili? Like meat chili, or is this like the bean chili? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Uh, it's bean chili, not like Texas legit chili or Mexico. Uh, you're gonna have to let me know. So face to face, one of the first things I want to know is what is what are all the details on the chili? <laughs> well guys, okay. until next time. Stay, stay tratty. tratty. Stay tratty. Stay tratty. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. What are your thoughts on today's episode? We would love to hear from you guys. Message us on Facebook or DM us on Instagram at Theology of the Buddy. Find us on Twitter at Stay Tratty or email us at theologyofthebuddy at gmail.com. You can also send us a voicemail on theologyofthebuddy.com. If you like what you heard today, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts and rating and reviewing us if you're on iTunes. We greatly appreciate it as it helps us to get noticed within the larger podcast community. New episodes are released every other Monday. We'll save you a seat at the table.